It's time for the Noble Capital Radio Hour with the team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area and beyond. Featuring the Vice President of Noble Capital Wealth Management, Jess Hamill, and Financial Advisor, Jonathan Berkland. Here's your host, Walter Storholt. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. You can find us online by going to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Jess and Jonathan, I wanted to talk a little bit today about traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. It seems that I think a lot of people don't have a clear picture of whether they should contribute to one or the other or maybe even both. And so I wanted to kind of discuss how we can determine what's the best fit for you listening to the show today. So first of all, can you guys give us kind of that that 10,000-foot view, explain the difference between Roth and traditional? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, it's actually really straightforward. A traditional IRA, you contribute money to it, and it is, you know, the term is pre-tax. But basically, at the end of the year, you claim it on your tax return as right. a contribution, so you don't pay tax on that amount. And now that account, assuming it grows, grows tax-deferred. So the money that was put into it has not been taxed, the growth has not been taxed, and then at the time that you start to take money out, it is just it's income. So no matter what you pull out, it just becomes income. It gets lumped in with the rest of your income, and you get taxed on it at whatever rate you're in at that point. A Roth is basically the opposite of that. So you get paid, something's left over, you put it in the Roth. It's not something that you can deduct or not pay tax on at that point. That money's already been taxed, and now all the growth is forever tax-free. Not tax-deferred, but tax-free. Yes, growth and distributions that you take from that uh, basis and growth. So, so they're also they're not, they're not subject to RMDs, required minimum distributions, because there's nothing to tax. And favorite way of accumulating for the future is, is tax-free. Now, the question is always, which one should I contribute to? And the question is answered based on the circumstances that you're in. So usually it's both. Um, I like to get a good blend of tax-deferred and tax-free. It helps you in the short term, sometimes, on your taxable income. And then it also helps us balance out your income later on so that we're not popping into the next tax bracket every time we give you an increase in income due to inflation or needs. Yep, it's really what can you stomach to pay taxes on today? And some people may not be able to contribute to a Roth, right? There's there's a threshold that's a little bit higher if you're married versus if you're single, but there comes a point where the IRS essentially phases you out. There so. is, and that's kind of it's kind of silly. I mean, the same guys that are writing these laws also make probably the amount of money that would right. phase them out of it. So yeah. of course they come up with a back door. Yep. Um, so you can contribute to an IRA to a traditional and then immediately convert to a Roth. Yep. It doesn't matter how much money pay you pay. Pay your taxes, yeah. Pay your taxes. So yep. it's it's the exact same thing, just one extra step. I don't even know why they they put the limits on it anymore. I mean, it's anybody with a, a little bit of knowledge can just work right around it. Yeah, just have to work a little bit harder. That's yeah, the that's the backdoor Roth, is that right? Correct. Okay, Correct, gotcha. Yeah. It, what is reality? I mean, is reality that more people are contributing to traditional versus Roths? Are the Roths being underutilized in your minds? I believe so. I mean, everybody... Everybody's stuck in this tax-deferred mindset. Um, it helps me today. It's less tax right. I've got to pay today, so I get to put it somewhere else, and then it grows tax-deferred. All you're doing is kicking the can down the road. And to me, and you've heard me talk about risk before, there's various things that we consider when we're looking at risk for investments. One is, what is the risk that I'm not going to get the return that I anticipate? The other one is, what is the risk that I'm going to lose my principal? But for me, I think the tax risk is the greatest one. What is the risk that... 20 years from now or 10 years from now when it's time for me to start utilizing this tax-deferred income that we have a change in administrations and now the tax rates are so much higher that I would have been better off paying the tax now than later. Yep, and it's it's definitely just a 
here's what we've always done sort of thing as far as contributing to a traditional, I believe, you know, 401k operates very similarly. And that's something people often have happen automatically off their paychecks. And historically, those have been tax deferred rather than you paying the tax up front. Nowadays, they're coming out with the Roth 401ks and that becomes an option. But I think traditionally speaking, people think of the traditional IRA very similarly as the 401k. So a traditional IRA makes a lot of sense. Get the tax break up front, put the dollars in, it's tax deferred, down the road we go. And they kind of don't don't give the consideration to the Roth just because it kind of hurts to pay those taxes up front, right? But yeah. uh, it can hurt a little bit more if you're paying, to, to Justice's point, a higher rate down the road, uh, maybe in a rate that you're not, we don't have today that's going to go up uh, higher than we expect to uh, due to you know changes in administration. So And not only necessarily potentially a higher rate, I mean, I... I I would venture to say we are probably in the lowest tax brackets that we're likely to see in our lifetime. Yep. So they've got nowhere to go but up. But the sad part about it is, you know, you'll hear me say this one example, time after time, I had a younger client come in, him and his wife were both about 50, and they had between the two of them almost $3 million in their 401ks. And they had like $30,000 in the bank. And that's it. Yeah. No, yeah. no you know, rental properties, no uh, brokerage accounts. And they're so proud of themselves. Like, look, we got $3 million in our 401k. So that's fantastic. Every penny that you spend for the rest of your life is going to be taxable, yep. bottom line. Yep, and we can try to help you convert some of that, but that's going to be a slow process, right, <laughs> exactly. over to the Roth, yeah, because right. we're not going to have you paying taxes at the highest bracket to do those conversions. So that's something we could talk about, too, is, is you know, how do I convert to mm-hmm. a Roth from a traditional, right? And, and when does that make sense to do that versus maybe not do that? Yeah, I had a client that, that it hasn't been that long ago, about a year ago. He had probably a little over a million in his traditional, and he had just retired. And his CPA actually told him, just bite the bullet and convert it all right now. Do it all. Yeah. Do it all in a Roth, and then you're good from now on. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> 70% of that's going to be taxed at 37%. Right, like, right. Come on, guys, use your head here. Yeah, that's that's not a great uh, advice from a CPA. I mean, I, that's that's something else. But, uh, yeah, it really is. It's a it's a decision that you kind of make on an annual basis, looking at your income for the year. As you get towards the end of the year, you know, come October, maybe kind of looking at what did I make this year? What do I have sitting in traditional that, I, that could be converted over to Roth? I mean, just what can I stomach from a tax standpoint? What makes sense? How can I stay on those lower tax brackets and move some some of those dollars over? And you don't have to do all of it in one account. You could pick, you know, one dollar or a hundred thousand or a million dollars. So pick the amount that keeps you in the tax brackets that you're comfortable with and, and move it over and certainly talk through that with your advisor and CPA. But that's the time to do it and, and do it smart. Yeah, And then the next level of planning on that is to save enough back in non-qualified money so that the first year that you're retired or maybe even the first two or three years that you're retired, you can spin that down and start doing the conversions at you know, 10, 12 percent tax brackets there. So you can you can live off of your own money that's not taxable. And while you're doing that, because you have no taxable income coming in, all of your Roth conversions are making up the taxable income. I mean, you can go up to seventy, eighty thousand dollars and still be in the lower tax brackets very easily. Yeah, yeah. If a Roth conversion is something that you're thinking about doing or, or not quite sure about how to execute, or you're wondering how does that fit into my overall retirement plan, uh, do take the opportunity to come out and check us out at one of our retirement dinners that we have coming up. We talk about Roth conversions, income planning, and a whole lot more. And it's a great opportunity to have a good meal in a comfortable setting and eventually take us up on the opportunity to come into our office and make an appointment where we can talk about uh, your Roth conversion and your overall income plan in detail. So take that opportunity come out and see us and let us help you out with your Roth conversions. 
All you have to do to get in touch and to reserve your spot at an upcoming dinner event is go to ncwealth.com. Again, go to ncwealth.com to see the upcoming list of events in the area, and you can reserve your spot right from your smartphone or computer, ncwealth.com, your place to go online. Or you can call or text and ask for a spot to be reserved for you at an upcoming event as well, 512-492-3800. If you want more details, call or text that number. 512-492-3800. 512-492-3800. Jess and Jonathan hold lots of events here with Noble Capital Wealth Management throughout the Austin area, teaching folks just like you about retirement planning, about financial planning, and making sure that you're well prepared for your financial future. And if you want to take advantage of coming to an upcoming event, you can attend one of these free dinner events by calling 512-492-3800. Again, that's 512 492 3800. Call or text that number or go online once again to ncwealth.com. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments, and I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who will look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that will protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. In the Austin area, reach out to the Noble Capital Wealth Management Team for help building a custom, comprehensive, and complimentary financial plan. Call 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or reserve a time to meet online at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Thanks for joining us on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. Jess is the vice president of Noble Capital Wealth Management. Jonathan Berkland is an advisor with the team as well. And we've got a really good topic to talk about next on the show here. We're talking about that final decade, that last decade of your working life and why it's so important for a retiree or somebody approaching retirement, obviously, to be ready from the planning perspective. I want to talk with you guys today about some of the things that people should be addressing during that final 10-year period of their working life. And I think first thing on the list, certainly, has to be that you've really got to decide what's important to you. And that's a broad question. How does that usually play out in your office when you meet with folks? Well, unfortunately, that that last decade, people uh, were having to redirect them to even get to that spot. When they come in the door, they're still in the accumulation mode. They're not really thinking about retirement uh, from the same way we do from an income standpoint. So I don't know that most of them really know what's important. They're just trying to accumulate as much stuff as they can and then figure out how to distribute that into a useful uh, income stream for them in retirement. Yeah, and, and I'd say, you know, we get situations across the board, you know, people retiring, you know, at 50 people retiring at, at 70 um, and you know that, that means different things in your retirement from a life expectancy standpoint and of course you know people have different uh, things they want to do with their retirement you know some people are, are totally fine sitting at home on the couch watching TV and, and and doing that and other people want to want to hit the slopes and, and have a great time you know skiing or whatever so 
um, having in mind what is important to you, what you want to do, what you want it to look like, and when you want it to happen, that's really the, the first component of retirement planning because without that, we don't have a place to, to really start helping you plan. Yeah, if you want to travel across the world, the answer to your retirement plan becomes a lot different and uh, a lot different situation than I just want to sit on the porch and you know watch the cars exactly, go. By. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the first questions we ask when we're sitting down, you know, in our first appointment is you know what, what does retirement look like for you? I need to know if I'm planning for you know an airplane purchase. Somebody all of a sudden wants to be a pilot. I'm looking at a quarter to a half million dollar expenditure that I've got to work into the budget, or if they're just wanting to do some vacations and hang out with the grandkids. I mean, it's a pretty wide spectrum what we usually hear around here. I think the thing is just be comfortable with that fact that your retirement doesn't have to look like the person next door's. It can be different. It's your own, but it is going to Im- impact your plan based on your decisions and your choices. So we just kind of need to know that going into it. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, number two on the list of things to check in with in your final working uh, years, that final decade of your working life, would be to know your numbers. What do we mean when we talk about knowing our numbers? The cornerstone of any uh, income plan that we put together is always the budget. Um, some people come in and I'll ask them, what do you spend on a regular basis? And, and they never get it right. So I'll ask them to, <laughs> yeah. to, to shoot off the hip in the appointment and I'll get anywhere from six to 10,000 a month. Um, they forget about property taxes and things that are annual, automobile replacement, you know, things that you don't do on a monthly basis. So I'll take whatever they give me, we'll bump it up a couple thousand, send them home with a budget and inevitably it'll come back, you know, from 20 to 30% more than, than they actually thought going into it. But establishing what your actual lifestyle is gonna, gonna cost you and that's not just basic necessity. That's vacations, hobbies, spoiling grandkids, medical expenses that are going to increase as you get older, all of the things that encapsulate your actual budget. We want to account for that now so we can plan on it and inflate it out for the rest of your life. Yeah, and, and I think a, another important component is just knowing knowing what you have. It's unbelievable the number of people that we talk to that, that don't aren't aware of what accounts they have, where they're located, with what institution, how much is in there. Um, we spend a lot of, of time with our clients just uncovering and turning over those stones and, and finding these almost lost or hidden accounts. Um, you know, what are they? How do they work? Those are all questions we get. And we're kind of looking at them like, what institution is this even with? You know, it, it's sometimes very difficult to even put the puzzle together, to even know what we're starting with. So I would consider uh, taking some time to figure out what do you have? Where where is it located? And um, and kind of making a, a checklist or or a, a check sheet of that, and keeping a record of of knowing where where everything is, so that when you do go to make a retirement plan, you kind of have a, a basis for for how you're going to fund that and where it's also located at. So what do you have? Also, what are you spending? And realize yes. it sounds like uh, Jess that number is often a little out of whack with reality. It is. And, and you <laughs> yeah. know, the trend that I've noticed lately here is, uh, you know, I've got more clients that are spending and making uh, more in retirement than they were working. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's amazing to me that, you know, people and, and we've got a pretty good clientele. We, we, we screen out um, people that aren't a good fit. Um, but I've got people that are coming in here that were making one hundred and fifty thousand a year. And now they're they're generating or we're generating for them anywhere from one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. They're spending all of it in retirement. So they've 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 lived conservatively so that they can retire you know, in a really fun scenario instead right. of the other way around. Which right. is so exciting. So yeah. exciting. It's, it's disappointing when I get people that come in here that are spending every penny they've had. They've, you know, they've had an exciting life and now all of a sudden they want to retire at 60 and they're just not going to make it. 
Right. Not a situation you want to be in, but uh, it sounds like the other one that you're describing is one of power, certainly, that people are able to discover and find out as they get to retirement. And with proper planning, that certainly happens all the time. If you've got questions about anything we talk about on today's show, you're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour with Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, members of the Noble Capital team. I'm Walter Storholt, steering the bus today. If you want to get in touch, here's the way to do it. You want to find out about an upcoming event that you want to attend with some of your peers to learn about retirement planning and your financial plan, or you want to come in for a one-on-one visit in the office, you can do that by calling 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or go online to ncwealth.com. NC, as in noble capital, wealth.com, the place to go online and learn lots of great information there and get in touch with the team through the website as well. We're talking about the final decade of your working life, how important it is to start making the right decisions from a financial planning standpoint during that decade. There's this key buzzword whenever we talk about retirement planning, guys, called income, and we've got to estimate our income streams. This seems like something you should really start doing at that 10-year mark and then probably, what, every single year kind of getting estimates on what that income is going to look like in retirement? Yeah, as, as long as as long as it is before you retire. There's nothing more disappointing than a 66-year-old walking in saying, I, you know, I retired last year and I think maybe it's time I get a plan together. It amazes me the difference in mindset. We, we think of retirement from an income standpoint, period. I just want to re, kind of replicate having a job. But most people are coming in here with a, with a, a kitty set to the side that they want to spin down and they don't know how fast to spend it down. They don't want to run out, but they don't want to leave it sitting on the table, and so they're uncertain about how they're gonna spend their retirement money. We want to take that and turn it into actual income streams, and that, that concept of having an income stream in retirement, for whatever reason, just seems foreign to most of the people when they first walk in the door. They think of Social Security, and very few people have a pension, a couple of people have uh, you know rental properties coming in here or there, but they don't even really think of that as income. They just throw it into the kitty and then spend the kitty down. Right, right, so the, the, the goal is to, to turn those income streams and that kitty into one one large income stream that's that's keeping up with inflation for for lifetime income, um, and that's that's certainly easier said than done. But it's a lot easier uh, to do when you know what those income streams are. Social Security, if you have a pension, existing annuities, uh, rental income. It's great to have in mind and keep tally, kind of like Walter said, on an annual basis of, of where you sit and project out where, when you're going to retire. If you're going to take Social Security late early, that sort of thing. And just have in mind, you know, how much money am I going to have that sort of mailbox money coming in the door? And then from that, that foundation or that base, you can really build upon that to produce the income uh, in retirement that you're looking to have. And that's certainly something we do on a daily basis here. But I would say aside from not counting on income streams, the, the number one mistake I see people make is not accounting for inflation. Yes. Uh, I had a client yeah. that came in the other day, said, you know, I've got this small pension between both our social securities and the pension and the rental income we've got, we're fine. I'm like, yeah, you're in your mid to late 50s. You know, what are you going to do in 20 years? We started inflating it out. Their budget all of a sudden got almost double by the time they get older. And exactly. They, they were just shocked when they looked at it. Right, exactly. I had a conversation with my, my grandparents over the weekend about inflation and what things cost when they were my age, that sort of thing. And it's, it's amazing, you know. Um, you know, another 40 years from now, we're going to be buying loaves of bread with $100 bills. So um, you got you to gotta have that in mind, you know. My nickname is The Milkman. And, uh, yeah, I feel the pinch every time I go buy a new gallon of milk. I can't imagine right. <laughs> what my budget's going to look like for milk in a couple of years. Uh, it's going to be uh, going to be unfortunate. If inflation in general is a big concern, I imagine since it's kind of the, uh, the ugly sister of inflation would just be healthcare itself and trying to get a handle on that in the final 10 years of your working life would be another important thing to add to our list. There's a separation here that we like to identify um, from 
actual health care versus long-term care because they're two very different animals. But even just health care, the older we get, we're going to start having more health problems, more visits to the doctor. It's getting more expensive. Fortunately, as we plan these income plans out, we make them very fluid so we can change them as time goes on. But what we typically see over and over again is that as, as you get older and you start needing more medical attention and spend more on medical care, you're spending less on skiing the black slopes and doing all the fun stuff too. So we don't want to just throw it out there as a rule of thumb. But overall, what we have noticed, those things typically even out. And as long as we got a contingency plan in the back for it, we're doing pretty good before you enter into the long-term care phase. If somebody wants to, to call or text, we talk about calling or texting if people have questions all the time. If they do that, can you tell us a bit about the process or, or what happens from there? What can they expect? Absolutely. So uh, reach out to us. We'd like to go into one of our, our dinner events. So you'll come out, enjoy an evening with us and a nice meal. And we kind of talk through the basics of, of what exactly we do, right, for retirement planning and um, maybe some of the things that are top of mind for us, what general direction we like to, to take your retirement planning as you think about working with us. You know, we talked about the budget earlier. There's a number of those uh, things that, that really pertain to retirement that not everybody's thinking about. So come out to an event, learn about those things. And then if, if you decide you want to proceed, you can just sign right up and set your first appointment to come in and meet with us and get to know us a little bit better and see if, if we're the team you'd like to implement a retirement plan with. And I think, you know, Walter has mentioned several times how to reach out, but I'll let him remind you of that. Here's the way that you can find out about some of those upcoming dinner events. If you want to get your name on the list, you can go to ncwealth.com. It's that easy. ncwealth.com, your place to go. We've got a list of upcoming events throughout the area there on the site. You can click and sign up right now. ncwealth.com is how you can do that. Or if you'd like to reserve a spot over the phone, you can certainly do that by calling or sending a text to let us know your interest. 512-492-3800 is the number. Call or text 512-492-3800. Find out more about working with the team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, some of the important things that you need to be doing to prepare for retirement. It's all going to be covered at one of those upcoming events. So make sure you get your name on the list. Come in, have a conversation about what's going on in your financial life. 512-492-3800. Again, that number to call or text. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour, and there's more on the docket. Stay with us. Hey, it's Jess Hamill with Noble Capital. Are you making your retirement a priority? Do you have a plan to generate income in retirement? Have you worked hard to accumulate a nest egg and now your only plan is to spend it down? If any of these questions make you stop and think, you need to attend our upcoming dinner event. We'll talk about generating retirement income in ways you probably won't expect. Seats fill up quickly, so reserve your spot today. Go to ncwealth.com or call 512-492-3800. That's ncwealth.com or call 512-492-3800. Well, it's time to get to know Jess and Jonathan a little bit better on today's show. Guys, fun question for you this week. If you could have video of one event in your life, so obviously video of an event that you don't currently have video of, uh, what event would you choose if you could have that, log it, and be able to go back and watch it? Oh, man. Probably uh, Steve Ravon's last performance up at, uh, at the Meadows. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to beat that. That's a good one. <laughs> man. I'm trying to think of what my my generation. No offense, Jess, but I feel like there's there's kind of a, a camcorder in hand or a, <laughs> a, a phone in hand at all times. Everything's what, on video, right? Well, it's not. I'd have to go ask my mom. You know, what, what didn't we catch? 
No, you know, I, I think probably, um, and this is just kind of deep and personal, but like the proposal to my wife, we went and did the uh, yeah. the whole thing, had a great experience, but it, it was it was just us, you know, so we, we didn't have that, you know, pictures or video or anything of that. I've got a lot to my mind for sure, but I think she wishes that, you know, some point in time we could go back and, and rewatch that, so... Maybe that. A maybe lot of people that. do That's film like that. that, but then it seems like, well, why'd you? Yeah. I don't want anybody else there filming it. I, so. I think That's she tough. secretly kind of wanted that, maybe, but yeah. I don't know. It was, I don't know. That's Just funny. us. That's pretty cool. Anyways. Yeah. That's a good answer, though. That's a good answer. Real good answer. Yeah, I think so. I'd love to see some, uh, for whatever reason, I don't have any video of when I ran cross country in high school. So I'd love some video of back when I was in that good a shape. <laughs> there you oh, go. Wow. <laughs> That's a, so. I, I have to admit, I ran cross country and don't have any video of it either. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not a very exciting thing to video for the bystanders, no. right? Like, yeah, a bunch of sweaty come, teenagers. Yeah, yeah, right. And there they go. <laughs> but looking back now, that'd be fun to have. Uh, so anyway, funny. Uh, very cool. Different answers there, for sure. That's what we would like to have some video of from our lives. That's getting to know Jonathan and Jess a little bit better on today's show. More kind Stay tuned. Walter Storholt here alongside Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Time to answer another mailbag question. This one comes to us from Helen. By the way, if you want to ask us a question on the show, call or text one in at 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Call or text your questions. Helen says, are there really no tax implications to rolling over my 401k. I don't really like the investment options in my 401k, but I don't want to roll it over and then get hit with a big tax bill that I wasn't expecting. Fair enough. Yeah, Helen, if you do it correctly, yes, no tax implications. You can go institution to institution with that 401k rollover, turn it into a rollover IRA, uh, your institution of choice, and no tax consequences there. You can also uh, go the route of the 60-day the rollover rule, which allows you to essentially take possession of those funds uh, should your 401k provider make that check out to you personally, and then you just roll that into uh, an IRA, uh, essentially uh, closing the loop on that, and again, no tax implications. But that that's a little bit trickier and probably not the way to go if you're worried about uh, any, any tax complications because that can certainly get a little bit more complicated than just going direct. So um, the other part of your question, though, uh, maybe not even part of your question, but just your statement regarding the, the performance of those 401ks, those can be a little iffy. I mean, Jess and I see that uh, a lot of the time and a lot of ch- clients choosing to, to better utilize those funds. Yeah, so a lot of times your your choices for investment in your 401k are limited. Um, sometimes you have much higher fees than you would end up with if you go somewhere else. Um, so, I mean, once you roll that 401k into a, a rollover IRA, so to speak, it just becomes a traditional IRA. You then can do anything with it that you um, would normally do with any other IRA. But as long as it goes qualified to qualified, it's no taxable event. Where we see people get into trouble is where they take possession of the funds and they've got 60 days to get it into an IRA and then they do something silly. Go to Vegas or try to you know, pump it back <laughs> yeah. up or Uh-oh. utilize it for something else. Something goes wrong. They forget about it. When day 61 hits, that's all taxable. So mm-hmm. you want to avoid that at all costs. And that's like the simplest of mistakes, right? Just a, just a little bit of letting too much time elapse and boom, now you've got a big problem. I mean, I actually had a client that had, I mean, it was you know three or 400 grand. She got the check. She went and stuck it on the refrigerator, was going to deal with it later and lost the check and spent all of her time looking for the check. And by the time she figured out it was lost, it was past the 60 days. And you know, that was it. It was, it was non-qualified money at that point. That's a big pill to swallow. And, and then it you got to make a bunch of other choices and decisions. And she was 56. So not only did she pay oh, tax, she paid man. the 10% penalty on top of it. So a very expensive Ouch. lesson. 
That is, certainly. Uh, in addition to that, what about the statement that Helen has here about uh, not liking the investment uh, investment options, and you guys kind of keyed on it a little bit. Behind the scenes, why is it that 401ks have limited options in them? Uh, you know, there's a million different reasons for that. Um, okay. A lot of it has to do with the institution that, that is giving the the guidance to the, the administrator on the account. Um, there's all kinds of ways they're trying to minimize fees or sometimes not minimize fees. But, right. you know, they're, they're trying to keep it as simple as possible so that the employee is basically saying, I want a risk level whatever. I want intermediate. I want aggressive. I want conservative. And they really don't have much individual choices. They may have four or five different mixtures of choices. And then it's going into one big group, and you know, it, it's usually going into a fund. Yeah, usually the best case scenario is you know a mixture of, of either as small as a handful up to maybe twenty different you know moderately performing mutual funds that you can make a, a decent portfolio from. But uh, oftentimes, even even if uh, the, the fund uh, the costs themselves are, are reasonable, the, the underlying fees and expenses you're paying to whatever advisor is helping you manage that four hundred one k through the through the company, you're, you're getting eaten alive on fees. So. Uh, certainly, I've had that experience personally. It's quite frustrating. So once you get outside the 401k box, you know you you tend to pay less fees and have you know essentially infinite uh, investment options at your fingertips. And aside from the limitations on the types and number of investments, there's the you know the the access that you have to it. So if sure. you if you've got just an IRA sitting over at one of the big box guys, and you can typically log on, but either way, you can very quickly make a change in your portfolio if you see something happening in the market. Um, making changes in a 401k, there's another layer. You've got the administrator of the 401k that you have to go through before you even get to whoever the custodian is. And sometimes the reaction time on that is too late. You know, you see something going on and you want to make a change, and by the time the change is made, it's too late. Right. I think another thing to consider on 401ks is, is back to what you said, just the access to it. I mean, that's particularly relevant to retirees or people who are coming into retirement. We get a lot of people who've invested their whole careers into their 401ks. They're ready to move it out of that 401k you know, box that we've talked about here into something else, something more suitable for them, and, and they can't because they're still employed at the employer where the 401k sits. So they have all this money that they essentially can't do anything with. Some employers do allow for an in-service withdrawal, but you know that's that's here or there. It's not always guaranteed, so it gets kind of frustrating when you you've saved up all these all these assets. You know you're trying to do some retirement planning and they're they're locked away from you. So the the administrator the the company is getting a break. Well, not sorry, a break, but the fee structure is typically based on assets under management right. by that group. So every time an employee takes their investments out of that, that drops that down, and sometimes that'll go next you know to the next level. And that increases fees for everybody. So most employers frown heavily on in-service withdrawals. They basically make you leave the money there until you separate from the company. Well, Helen, that's a great question. You spark good discussion with one like that. And uh, hopefully that was helpful to somebody else out there listening to today's show. If you've had kind of questions about the performance of your 401k or you've had a similar disappointment in investment options that are inside that plan or didn't even realize maybe that there's a whole world of options out there uh, beyond the 401k or uh, 403b or other investment plan that you've maybe got through work, uh, find out a little bit more about some of your options with the Noble Capital team. You can do that by calling 512-492-3800. Call or even text that number if you'd like to get in touch that way. And just ask your questions to Jess, Jonathan, and the Noble team. 512-492-3800, the number to call. That's 512-492-3800. More coming up on today's show. You're tuned in to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Fishing is an art, and any fisherman worth his salt knows the proper tools to land a whopper. 
You wouldn't take a cane pole to catch a bass, and unless you're just looking for a tranquil day on the boat, you probably wouldn't use shrimp for bait on the lake. The same can be said of your retirement. There are all sorts of financial products out there, and it's important to know which ones are the right fit for you. A random jumble of investments won't do you much good in retirement. Work with an advisor who knows how to fish, who sees the art within. A well-crafted financial plan will go a long way toward making a successful retirement. Make sure you're putting the right tools in your portfolio. In the Austin area, reach out to the Noble Capital Wealth Management Team for help building a custom, comprehensive, and complimentary financial plan. Call 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or reserve a time to meet online at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. We have another great question on tap for the mailbag here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. They have an office, by the way, on Steck and Mopac across from Luby's. And if you want to get in touch with us and ask your own questions, you can do that. You can text us or call 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. All right, guys, i got a question here from Jody. Jody wants to know, what's the best way to figure out how much income I'll need in retirement? I thought I knew exactly how much money we spend every month, but now that I've started crunching the numbers, it appears I was way off. So that one's actually not as difficult as most people think. It's basically a matter of putting a budget together. Um, The hard part is people tend to think in terms of monthly numbers, and then they forget about the annual things and the semi-annual things and the things they do every five years. So basically, it's not always a matter of what you're spending now. If you're not yet retired, your retirement budget is probably not the same as you're spending now. So you've got to put some thought into it. But, you know, figure out the basic stuff, mortgage, property taxes, gasoline, um, doctor visits, haircuts, all that kind of stuff. Get it down on paper. And then add into that the stuff that you're going to do annually. If you don't pay your uh, property taxes with your mortgage, if it's not escrowed, add that in. Um, people always miss automobile replacement. So if you're going to buy a new car every five years, figure out what that's going to cost and divide it out so that we've at least got a, a, a budget placeholder for it. Um, and then just put it all together. I mean, it's, it's, it's not all that easy, but it's not that difficult when you're trying to figure out what to do. Just sit down, put the numbers together, think through it. If you're one of those kind of people that can go back through Quicken or through your checkbook and try to reconcile for stuff that you spent. But when you do that, people tend to get stuck in what they spent over the past two years versus what they're going to spend in retirement. So it's just a thinking exercise. Get it all down on paper. Try to make sure you capture all the things that you don't normally think about. And then be sure to add in vacations and hobbies and, and, you know, entire lifestyle. Um, A lot of people tend to plan for basic necessities and they forget about all the fun stuff. And then they end up coming short. Right. We have a great template for this. If you do come in and work with us, uh, certainly something we provide. And it's, it's really one of the very first things we ask our clients to do is, is tell us, you know, what does your lifestyle look like? That's what we're planning towards, right, is, is uh, your ideal lifestyle and supporting that throughout retirement. So it starts with this, you know, this budget template that's uh, maybe 100 line items long and you're not going to fill all of them out. But, you know, we definitely have on there the, the basics, but also the things Jess was pointing out, the vacations, the charitable giving, um, the, the fun things we like to do in life. So um, do do take advantage of that. Get your hands on that template, and it really helps you plan out not not only today, but you know throughout retirement the things you want to do. It makes you think about, oh yeah, I want to take that trip or do that thing that we talked about. You know, 
Jody, here's the best part. You're asking the right kinds of questions, and that's the hardest part for many people is just getting to that point of finding out the answers to these things. So many people procrastinate asking the right questions, and so you've already taken that step, which is certainly a good thing. If you have questions of your own that you'd like addressed from Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill, you can certainly do that. Call or text the guys at 512-492-3800 with your question. They'll be happy to answer that for you. 512 492 3800 that number to call or text with your questions for the team you're tuned into the noble capital radio hour and there is more on the way austin's talk 1370 thanks for being with us on the noble capital radio hour walter strohold here with you driving the bus today alongside jonathan berkland and jess hamill the great team at noble capital wealth management serving you throughout the austin area and you can find us online if you want to get more information about the team and find out about upcoming events by going to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. We want to spend some time on today's show talking about 401ks. Obviously, one of the most popular investment vehicles that are out there. Uh, but your 401k can it can also not be perfect in many cases. Uh, it can have some weaknesses that you should be aware of. And guys, I think we're going to throw in you know 403bs. TSPs, uh, 457 plans. But if there's a caveat, let us know. First complaint or weakness of a 401k might be administrative costs. Do you see this? Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the the fees that go along with it. You know, the the bigger the pool of employees, then you know, theoretically, the lower the fees go. But you're still you're still have an extra layer of fees between that and just a right, you know, right. typical. Right. So if you're at a Fortune 500 company, you might be a little better off than a mom and pop shop kind of thing. Right. Um, but uh, generally, you're you're going to be paying more in administrative fees in a 401k than if you just had a you know traditional IRA somewhere. So you're saying the smaller the company, then even even at more of a disadvantage, you might be here. Yeah. yeah, they've yeah. got. I mean, they've got less weight. It's just like a, a group, uh, you know, health insurance policy. Exactly. So if there's a, if there are more employees, then the administrator can charge a lower fee percentage and still put a good bit of money in his pocket because there's more people to charge that percentage across. Oh, that makes sense. So that would be why when I worked for a small company back uh, many years ago. And we all were begging for a health insurance plan. They finally got a group plan for the small company, and it was way more expensive than it would have been for us to go <laughs> yes. get our own insurance. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> funny how that works out. It is. It is funny. Okay. Very So same thing in the 401k realm, same kind of uh, economies of scale in play. Sure, yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah, Very cool. Uh, another common 401k complaint or weakness would be that it's a bunch of mutual funds, but not a whole lot else at your disposal. Yeah, I've seen it range from uh, just uh, a target, you know, target funds, you know, only having maybe a handful of target funds and that's it to, uh, you know, a decent selection of maybe 20 or 25 mutual funds. But either way, you're, you're locked into a pretty tight box there. Again, going back to the options you have in a traditional IRA somewhere versus, you know, in your 401k, it's opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, you, you really, you're kind of locked into that box and kind of have to hope that, the options you have available to you are going to perform well, and if they don't, you don't have really anywhere to go, unfortunately. Right. Your reaction time, I mean, to me, the reaction time on it is a lot, is a, a, a significant issue for me. Um, yeah. You know, if I've, got a, hmm. if I've got a traditional IRA sitting somewhere that I can just reach out and make a change when I see something then happening, um, I can react in a matter of, of minutes. Whereas with a 401k, typically you have to go through an extra layer. You have to go through an administrator before it yep. even gets to the yep. custodian. Um, that may or may not be available. It might have to go by email and go through your HR department. And yeah. you, know, you could yeah. see something happening 
and by the time you react to it, it's already, it's right. already too late. It really depends on how sophisticated that plan is. So going back to small company versus large, you know, if you're a large company, you may, you may be able to, to trade quickly. A small one, a small plan like ours is here, <laughs> uh, you, you may have a little more problems on that point. That's a good good point. Hmm. Interesting. So again, mutual funds, not a whole lot else at your disposal in those plans. Another weakness of them. Uh, limited asset classes. I guess this kind of falls in line with that same conversation. Would that be another complaint? Yeah, yeah, I'd, yeah. Say, I'd say that's that's pretty much part of the same answer. Very similar, yeah. But you know, uh, not not very many four hundred one k is going to let you you know go do anything and everything you can do in, a, in an IRA. So just having the flexibility to really um, sit down and start planning for retirement, you know, it's a great potentially a great accumulation tool, um, but probably not so great of one as you get close to retirement. You're looking to maybe set up some secure income, maybe with some annuities. You're looking to diversify, go into some alternatives, real estate, so on and so forth. You're pretty locked down there. There's a a lot of asset classes, right? I mean, was it is it 19 asset classes or something like that? Exactly. So they're they're really like I said, lock you into that small box there in your 401k and not giving you very many options. And like I said, some are better than others, but generally speaking, you're gonna be you're gonna be locked into to going into those mutual funds right in the market. Yep. I've read that another complaint or uh, you know concern with 401ks is the fact that if you are looking for conservative investments that there's kind of a, a a lacking in terms of their availability inside of 401k plans. Jonathan's been the one to scoop yeah, all over the yeah. 401k. So I'm keep going on my roll here. Yeah, I mean, you know, you may have access to to some bond funds. Um, it might give you a little little lower uh, risk for you there. And then you go from there right into just a, a money market sitting in cash, which is, you know, earning you nothing, which potentially maybe better than you get in the market. If you have a down year, you might get lucky on that one. But um, there's really not many options down at the bottom end of that spectrum uh, from a risk standpoint that is uh, available to you in 401ks. Um, it's generally speaking, you know, uh, growth oriented uh, mutual funds or a money market. Um, it's, it can be pretty frustrating, certainly as you're edging closer to retirement, looking to take maybe a little risk off the table. Yeah, and that's what I was going to add to it. I mean, a lot of this is still age dependent to some degree. Mm -hmm. You know, a 25 year old um, can can take those risks. Um, he's not necessarily looking for something super conservative, but if you're in a an employee situation where your employer will not allow you to do an in-service withdrawal before you separate, and you're getting on up there in age and it's time to try to scale back a little bit. I mean, your only choice is either go with what they've got, um, scale back to a money market or, you know, or separate from the company. Yeah. So it's pretty yep. weird. And that's one, I don't know if it's, if it's something that, uh, we, we've kind of gotten written, uh, to us there, Walter or, or not in terms of people reaching out with, with, uh, different complaints about 401ks, if that made your list or not, but access is, is something to, to certainly bring up and just, just did it. I mean, uh, as you're getting into re retirement or thinking about retirement planning, you may not be able to reposition that 401k elsewhere if that's with your current employer. Um, and, and, and that can really be a, a roadblock to setting up a, a retirement plan. So it's important to note when you're putting those dollars in, those hard-earned dollars, and you're, you're planning on, on setting up a retirement plan and utilizing some of those assets, you know, can I do an in-service withdrawal to utilize those funds other than a mutual funds? You know, can I go out and purchase some annuities, purchase, you know, whatever you want to do, real estate, uh, or, or go out and put a better diversified portfolio together in the market outside of those mutual fund options that you're given there in the 401k. So that's another downside too. Now we're covering all these downsides of 401ks, yeah, but them hard, huh? they're, they're not the worst thing in the world, right? I mean, they still can be beneficial for people if they're getting matches in their plans. Sure. And, yeah. The free money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, so we're not exactly saying you've got to just totally throw your 401k out 
um, you know, out of contention or out of the, the, you know, mix of your financial plan, but it, it kind of just causes you to pump the brakes a little bit and think, are there alternative options? Is that kind of what we should do here? To some degree. I mean, for me, it's, it's more about so many people, um, it's kind of like getting taxes taken out of your paycheck, right? I mean, everybody's just anesthetized of that. At least yeah. 20 or 25% right. of your paycheck's just gone. You don't even count on yes. it. Um, so, you know, people start contributing to the 401k. It's coming automatically out of their paycheck. They're not counting on that money. Uh, they're not Un- paying much. Unless you pay quarterly taxes, Jess. Then, then <laughs> there you go. You feel it. You feel it then. <laughs> well, yes, and I do. I completely understand that. But yeah. I bet your, your typical average um, citizen is not in that, in that scenario. It's just a different mindset. They're, they think... Hey, I'm contributing to a 401k. I'm contributing, you know, sometimes the max. I'm getting a match. That's it. That's all I've got to do. Um, so they get comfortable, and that is that that itself being their retirement, and they don't, you know, think it's outside of that box a little bit and say maybe I maybe I ought to do a different uh, traditional outside of that, and also a Roth, and maybe some other ways of of saving up for it on top of the 401k. And I'll get people that come in here all the time, you know, 55 years old. Two million dollars in their four hundred one k and thirty thousand dollars in the bank, and they're just they're so proud of themselves. Look, look what I've done! I've accumulated all this in my four hundred one k, and I said that's that's fantastic. Congratulations! Every penny for the rest of your life is going to be one hundred percent taxable. It's like they right. didn't they didn't diversify outside of that mindset whatsoever because they've been conditioned to to think that the four hundred one k is their retirement. Right, right. But to Walter's point, it can be a good accumulation tool. I, I myself use it. If you can get that company match, go for it. Right? Why not get that free money? Um, but certainly, as you're you're thinking about retirement, getting to do some retirement planning. Um, it's it's not the best tool to necessarily continue to utilize, and it's certainly something you should think about maybe uh, uh, altering as you approach retirement. Or adding to, adding to it. That was my point. Sure, that's, yeah. That's, it's, that's it's, your only retirement vehicle at all. Um, you might want to start looking at a little bit of diversification on top of that. Absolutely. Well, it all comes back to that basic principle, doesn't it? Uh, you, yes. You've been doing one thing your, your one way for a really long time, but as you get closer to retirement in more ways than one, it's a transition point, and it requires us to do things a little bit differently. And this is just another example talking about the 401ks here. So Jess and I have been talking a lot about 401ks here, the pros and the cons. And there's certainly, uh, we believe, a few more cons than pros. But if you're wondering about yours one way or the other, pros or cons, and how that 401k might work into a retirement plan, take advantage of the opportunity to come out and see us at one of our retirement events. We can, one, certainly talk about 401ks in more detail and, and, and give you some insight on whether you should keep your 401k or roll it over somewhere else. And two, how does it fit into an overall retirement plan? So if you don't have a retirement plan or you're, you're looking to find out some more information on your 401k, do come out and see us, come out to a dinner event, eat a nice meal on us, and learn a little bit, little bit more information about us, who we are, and, and how we practice. If you want to come to an upcoming event, you can find the list of events online at ncwealth.com and register right there from your smartphone or computer. That's ncwealth.com. Or you can call or text your interest to 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. And we'll get you uh, all the information that you need about upcoming events and get you registered as well. 512-492-3800, your number to call or text if you want to find out about upcoming events in the area or go online to ncwealth.com right now to see the list of events and secure your spot. Certainly do that if you've got questions about your retirement, about some of the things that we talked about on today's show so far. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, I'm Walter Storholt. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time back here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour.
All opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers and not those of Noble Capital or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. All opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable. Opinions and information are provided as is for educational purposes only, cannot be guaranteed or warranted, may change without notice, and may not be corrected or updated. Opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest and offer to buy or sell securities, nor as legal tax or investment advice, nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you. You must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Noble Capital, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all investments involve inherent risk of total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value, and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial investment and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Noble Capital. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers, including websites operated and maintained by third parties. The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Noble Capital.